Welcome to the Arrest or Mimics podcast with your host Ben Tallon. Hola, welcome to Arrest All Mimics. My name is Ben Tallon. This is the Original Thinking and Creative Innovation podcast. Hope you're all good. Thanks for listening. Welcome. Um, the audience is growing all the time. Very exciting for me as this podcast host and producer. I hope you're still enjoying the shows. Get me your feedback on the mental health and creativity two-part special, which was a lot of work, very, very rewarding, fascinating conversations with a wide range of people about the more human side of creativity and what that can bring us emotionally. Um, Belonging, distraction, focus, uh, a way to voice the way you feel. So many, many angles in creativity and, and... the kind of therapeutic side of that. So go back and check that out. It's a big one. We had Malika Favre on the show. We had painter Ray Richardson, illustrator Danny Ellison, illustrator Steve Johnson. I talked to the campaign against Living Miserably, Calm, Charity, for some insights on the male issue. Uh, three times more guys take their own lives than ladies. And there are a lot of things attached to that in terms of male stigma and uh, pride and all those issues. So go back and listen to that. It's a good one. Thanks for all the feedback, which I did get a lot of on this episode, which I was hoping for. So thanks for taking the time. At Arrests All the Mix on Twitter. Today's guest, we've got Kerry Heineman coming up. We'll talk about that shortly. But the weather is post-award result rage. Yeah, you all get it. You all know. You all know the feeling when you go and look at who has won and you're pissed off and you're saying why they shouldn't have won. (laughs) Well, don't do it. Awards. If you're going to do it, do it and expect not to be in there because uh, I don't know why I'm telling you that because I get the rage as well. I missed out a number of times and a lot of awards I've gone for. I've submitted my work again for the Association of Illustrators World Illustration Awards this year and I probably won't get in again, but there you go. That's the nature of it and you've still got to be in it to win it. So why not? At the end of the day, it's all opinions in this industry. So get involved, get entered into these things. They're a big night out, they're great. When you win it, you're not going to say no. So why not? Go and do it. Um, I had some artists in my studios who were pissed off that they didn't get into the BP Portrait Awards first round. Um... And what can I say? It's, I mean, they're talented people, but it's a total lottery and it's subjective, it's opinions, and that's what's beautiful about the arts. So I think it's futile to kind of go pulling apart all the other stuff and I just think get on with it. You get on with it, enter. If you get in, brilliant. If you don't, move on. So anyway, that's the weather this week. <laughs> I've been talking recently to the House of Illustration who do a lot of work with the AOI uh, and... With any luck, we're going to have my book stocked in there, Champagne and Wax Crayons. I don't really mention that book too much on the show, but I thought I probably should, because if you like the conversations that go on here, it's essentially my debut book and my story of breaking into the arts, turning my childhood hobby of drawing into a career uh, that I'm very passionate about. And it's a balls-out, honest account of that. It's kind of the survival, it's the ups and downs, it's the working from home, it's graduating, it's getting started, finding my first clients, carving out those openings. So go and check it out. It's available now on Amazon. It's in Tate Modern and hopefully very soon in the House of Illustration. Coming up, Kerry Hyman. We'll talk about that in a minute, but thanks, first of all, to my sponsors. We'll start with Printed.com this week, because I always put them last, poor people, and they work bloody hard for this show, which is really appreciated. And they're awesome printers. They do over 90 different products, loads of finishes. They're very customisable products, great customer service, wonderful people, and they do a great deal to support the arts. They're always championing people's projects on their blog. They go way beyond the uh, cheap sales pitch. They promote the show, support the show very, very well. And they help me keep it free every week for you guys. So I hope that's a good thing, and I hope you don't mind me 
plug in their wares because they are very good wares. I get all the show's promo done by those guys and it's always fail-safe. It's nice quality. I use their recycled stock because I get environmentally conscious. So go and have a look. Kerry Hyman, who we've got coming up, uh, has illustrated the wonderful David Longbook Survivors. And there's just something about holding children's literature in your hands. It's gorgeous and it engages the mind better. I, I remember being a child and being under like low lights and reading my Roald Dahl books and laughing out loud at the twits and George's Marvelous Medicine and being sucked into the world of James and the Giant Peach, still one of the most evocative books I've ever read. And there's just something about holding the page and turning the pages in your hands and I think it champions the benefits of print and why sometimes it's wonderful to see something in the flesh up close and personal. So it's worth keeping in mind. Um, so go and check them out, printed.com, doing a great service to that end. Heartinternet.co.uk, all things SEO, digital, social media. They do a lot of good advice out there for you guys, all the basics that you need to know to champion yourself and strengthen your own online presence, get you up those Google rankings and get you getting those followers on uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. They do a lot of specific things. So go and check out their channels and watch their videos. Very, very useful. We had Nick Leach on the show from Heart Internet and he talked through all the meat and bones of building a strong social media profile. What's right for you? How do you get yourself higher up Google? So go back and listen to that. It's crucial advice. Um, Kerry Hyman is just down the road from me. I live in Crystal Palace, and she's just down the road in Forest Hill, which I had no idea about. Um, the other week, I went to talk to Slazy, who's going to be coming up on the show. Uh, he's also Forest Hill, actually, based uh, street artist and illustrator. I'll tell you a lot. I tell a lie, he's Sydenham based. So they're all kind of interlinked. And before you know it, you've got a nice little network going on in your local area. So courtesy of heart, that's my tip this week. Go and see what pe- where people are around your social media. You have these conversations with people on a daily basis who share and retweet your stuff and the rest of it. And who knows that they're not just a walk away, which it turns out is the case with Kerry Hindman. So she was kindly kind enough to in, in, uh, invite me down to her studio. We did it in the turret uh, they actually got a turret in their studio, which is awesome. It's part of an old library building, and up in the turret, we snuck up there and had a nice little private conversation about her brilliant work for David Long's Survivor's book, so we'll get to that in a moment, but that's courtesy of heartinternet.co.uk. And last, but very not least, they were first through the door, my founding sponsor, my agency, Illustration Limited. Go and check them out. Over 200 artists represented in a great way. They're a wonderful team of people, very passionate about creativity. Uh, and they represent fashion illustrators, lettering specialists, motion graphics, animators, illustrators, live artists, crazy range, up to the minute, the kit for all the things you're going to need in the modern world when it comes to image making. So go and have a look, illustrationweb.com. So thanks for their ongoing and lengthy support, which from all of my sponsors is crucial to keep this show free every week. So thank you to the lot of you. So, today's guest, Kerry Hyman, uh, I'm delighted to tell you, courtesy, it was unveiled last night on Blue Peter, that she is the winner, in fact, the winner of the Blue Peter 2017 Book Awards. Um, Survivors, get yourself a copy, it's absolutely amazing, it's quite different, I don't know what demographic it's aimed at, I think it's the lower end of the teenage spectrum, but it's essentially a collection of tales of human survival and endurance and we're talking about maggots in wounds, we're talking about people stuck on mountains in deserts, fighting for their life, so it's pretty gritty and it gets quite dark at times, so I was blown away by Kerry's style being used here, which is primarily digital, 
And she has a stunning colour palette, great compositions, and I wanted to talk to her about how she tackled such a brief. The book's out now on Faber and Faber, and you can go and check it out. And it's, a, in my opinion, a very worthy winner of this award. So I was delighted when I found out, recording this show, that Kerry had just been told that she'd won the award. She was in high spirits, understandably. Uh, and by the time the show goes out last night, Blue Peter should have announced, well, they bloody better have announced, or I'm in trouble, <laughs> that Kerry has won the award. So congratulations to Kerry Hyman. So like I say, she was kind enough to invite me around to her studio. I checked out where she worked and we talked in detail about the process of creating this book, how the commission came about, how she uh, works with the publisher and the challenges involved with creating such a powerful narrative to engage young people and not to go too graphic because the words did a good job of that and the book benefits from you know the balance between cool illustration and quite graphic storytelling. So we're going to get into depth about that. So I want your feedback at Arrest on, on the Mix on the Twitter. Hello at Ben Talent on the email if you want a personal correspondence. Keep them coming. Keep sharing the word because I'm loving doing this show and I've got some awesome conversations banked. I've been doing a lot recently. Um, I've got Stanley Chow coming up on the show. Like I said earlier, we've got Slazy coming up. Um, we're going to have Sandra Deakman returning to the show for the second time to talk about her very own first children's book. I wanted to get a little bit more in that field ever since I talked to Duncan Beattie about his book, which has also been shortlisted for the Waterstones Book Prize, uh, The Bear Who Stared. So go and have a look at that on Templar Publishing. So good these days, don't you think? Such a variety of children's book illustrations going on out there, and it must be an exciting time to be a child reading books. And I think it needs to be to offset the threat of digital and getting lost on iPad and the internet and the rest of it. Um, but what great scope kids have now for, for you know for imbibing their literature. So much going on. So I'm excited to see what you guys make of Survivors. It's a brilliant, brilliant book. And Kerry's a great lass who, uh, who talks a lot of sense and gives some fantastic insights about that. So I hope you enjoy it. Thanks again to the sponsors, illustrationweb.com, heartinternet.co.uk and printed.com. Get me your feedback. What are your favourite kids' books over the years? What did you grow up on? What are you into now? Do you still buy them? Do you do? Do you illustrate them? Do you work there? Do you write for them? Get that feedback over at Arrestonomix on the Twitter. So you find me in the turret of Kerry Hyman's studio talking about Survivors by David Long, illustrated by Kerry herself. I studied fine art um, as a degree um, and then mainly did oil paintings pretty much. Uh, for four years at Newcastle and then uh, I spent a lot of time while I was there working on the university paper and like uh, designing it and doing illustrations and I spent more time doing that than my degree at the end and it got to like fourth year and I was like mm-hmm. I don't want to go and paint for my job I want to work with other people and have a deadline and produce stuff every week so yeah, I think getting to the end of that just made me realise that like Illustri- I didn't really know what illustration was when I did my degree. I should have done a foundation, but I just wanted to go to uni. So <laughs> when I got to the end, I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. Mm. Um, and then, so I had a year out, and then I went and then I did a master's at Kingston and kind of focused on what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I might go back to oil painting at some point, but I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when, I saw, when I saw that you saw the website, when I saw that you'd done... Um, Two degrees, I thought that's exactly. I did the same thing on graphic design and illustration, and, oh, right, I, and yeah. it was very much. I'm guessing you were in the same boat as the creative who wanted just wanted to be creative, but didn't yeah. quite know what everything was. Yeah, <laughs> when I was at school, like it was just like art, and I was like, oh yeah, I, I like art. I'm good at art. I'll do art, and I didn't realize there was so much other stuff. I certainly didn't realize that illustration was like a 
thing. When, I, when people say menstruation to me, I just thought like oh, children's book, which annoys me when people do that now. Yeah. But like I know I was exactly the same at school, and someone's like, oh, illustration. I was like, oh yeah, kids' books. Don't want to do that. But now, <laughs> but now I do want to do that, and now that is you know, I know that there's so much more to it than, than yeah. that as well. I, yeah, but I think if I'd done a foundation, I probably would have. Yeah. Worked that out like everyone else. But I was just like. You know, when you're 18 and you're like, I want to go to uni, and yeah. all my friends are going, so I was just like, I'll just go to uni. <laughs> and what about your creativity then? Were you, were you creative as a kid? Was a family creative? Um, well, my, my mum's an accountant and my dad's a physicist, so didn't really get much, <laughs> kind of, they weren't particularly creative, but they always encouraged like me and my brother to, to kind of do creative stuff. We did a lot um, growing up, we'd like, make our own magazines and make our own like, ball games and stuff. And then when we got a computer, I remember we both just became, like, fixated with, like, um, mainly, like, PowerPoint. We used to make these ridiculous, like, PowerPoint games um, that would just, you know, like, uh, when you, I can't remember what they're called, um, when you, like, make a decision, like, choose this to go to page seven, choose that. Yeah. So we used to make these huge PowerPoint presentations <laughs> that would all be, like, they'd all be drawn, each, each one, like, we'd create these characters and you'd go on these journeys, but they'd end up being so huge that you could never, you'd never be able to open them again. Like, we'd spend weeks building them. <laughs> it would take, like, three hours to save it, and then you'd go to open it the next day, and it would just, like, crash the computer. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> and we used to do it, we used to draw, we used to use it for drawing as well, with shapes and stuff. Like, I remember we did, we created, like, Lara Croft <laughs> drawings <laughs> using, like, squares and rectangles. Um, just, yeah, it was really into PowerPoint. <laughs> I, I did a similar thing, just uh, using a keyboard on the Commodore 64 oh, really? to make the mill that I grew up next to. Why I chose the mill, I have no idea. Like corrugated roof, really boring, but yeah, yeah. 10 hours and I remember being heartbroken when it crashed the same thing. What's that yeah. about? Like making, I know. It's like early inclinations of wanting to do this for a living, isn't it? <laughs> the computer's not being able to keep up with you. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then we just moved on, I mean, Paint Shop Pro, we moved on to that, and that one. Going from PowerPoint with just squares and circles, paint shot pro. It was like this is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. So where do we find you now? I mean, what's what's the what's your full time illustrator, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, been doing this pretty much full time since uh, about twenty thirteen. So before that, um, I I mean, I technically I think I'm self employed since twenty eleven. But then I had like worked part time in galleries and stuff. Um, so yeah, so I've been making a living from it for about four years. Mm. Uh, and now I do this and I teach as well at Goldsmiths Illustration one day a week. Very cool. Um, yeah, which I've only started doing since September. Yeah, how's that going? Really good actually, yeah, really good. Like it's, um, like I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to get much out of it. Like I don't know, I just thought it would be an interesting thing to do and I hadn't done anything like it before. And I'm really surprised by how much I'm enjoying it and how much I'm like yeah. getting from it and like sharing Share, like sharing your enthusiasm for something and how and seeing how much other people like respond to it and like I show them stuff and I'm like you're not gonna like no one like don't expect them to like it and then they're like oh that's so cool and I'm like yeah it is really mm. cool I'm really glad that other people think it is as well because like, <laughs> when I a lot of in my studio and stuff I use um I use Illustrator and um a lot of people I know like do hand-drawn stuff and I know that illustrator is one of those things you either love or you hate mm. and so when I teach it to students I expect them to like really hate it and it's so nice when they like it and when they get it and when yeah. they're really excited by what they can do with it and when they're like they see the potential of the software and stuff that I showed them they're like oh you can oh, it's amazing how much stuff you can do and I'm like, I know it is isn't it <laughs> I'm really enjoying like sharing 
That's cool, that yeah. That's really great that it's a fulfilling experience. Yeah. Uh, I do the odd day, nothing regular, but just the odd either a guest lecture or a workshop, and I always find it quite an invigorating experience. Yeah. Yeah, I think I just hadn't really thought about it before. Um, it was something I'd, like, I thought I'd like to do, but I wasn't sure how much I'd get from it. And mm. it's really, I feel like it's really worthwhile giving up that kind of one day a week. Um, just And also just to talk to people. <laughs> and yeah. just to, like, to be inspired by them as well. Not just them inspired by me, but like to be like, yeah. see how they think about stuff, and it's really good. Yeah, it's just good to step back from what you're doing. And oh, completely, yeah, yeah, it always yeah. is. <laughs> so, have you got? A, do you feel you've got a good steer at the moment over in terms of the work that you're doing? Are you do you feel like you're on a, a direction that you've got control over? Because I know a lot of people kind of there's always a danger as an illustrator, isn't there, to be sort of gobbled up by work that you need to do as opposed to yeah. what you want to do. I think I'm getting to that point, like I definitely that was kind of where I was up until maybe last year and I think I'm, I'm kind of at that tipping point now where I feel more confident to say no to stuff and I feel like I can direct it a bit more, which is really nice mm. because I think, I think everyone goes through that where you have those first few years where you say yes to everything because you're so grateful that people are coming to you and you're amazed that you can do this. And you just have to build up that confidence until you can say, actually, I don't need to do this. Yeah. Like, something better is going to come along. I don't just have to take this. Yeah. And I think I'm definitely at that point now where I feel confident saying no to stuff and knowing that I can still mm. pay my bills. And well, that's the thing. Somebody said to me once that it's, um, it's as powerful as saying yes at times. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you know what to turn down and you keep slots free, yeah. then you really do start to mould your own sort of direction yeah it's really scary <laughs> oh god it's I still terrifying. hate doing it oh me too like yeah and it still feels it takes a lot of courage to do it and I'm like should I say oh yeah I'm going to say no and then when you get an email back being like oh but we really want you to and I'm like oh I'm going to say no again <laughs> you don't know how, how hard it was to say no the first time <laughs> that's unbelievable so I've been looking at Survivors which looks incredible um, what a project yeah do you want to tell us a little bit about the about the just that project how did it come about what was it all about um well it started off quite small i just got approached by um faber and they just said we've got you know we're doing this book about um real life uh survival stories um do you want to do like a can you do a test for us for a few we just want to do a few inside illustrations and then the cover um and so I did a test of them and then they were like, oh, so that went really well. So we want you to do like, there's 23 stories. So maybe like one illustration per story, like spreads or a double page spread and then the inside. And then as I was going, like, oh, and also that's going really well. So maybe we could do like a spot. So there's a, a full page uh, or double page spread and then a spot for each one and then a cover as well. So it was, it was a lot. It was a lot of illustrations. I had to read all the stories, research all the um, locations because they're all over the world in like, these amazing landscapes and stuff and then I had to make sure because they're all real people so they had to look mm. like the person and they had to be wearing the right clothes wow. for the era and all that kind of stuff so I mean it's really fun to do but it just the project just grew and grew and grew yeah um and yeah it's just a dream job really. so this is essentially a collection of real life um brushes with death uh, yeah yeah and the emissaries that's the thing, and it, and it runs what? I mean, what's what would be the earliest story? But how, how far back are we talking? Uh, Shackleton. I think that might be the earliest. So, yeah, yeah when he went to the, I should know this, North or South Pole. Probably the South. <laughs> I think it was the South. I've been to an exhibition of that kind of <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was the South. Anyway, it was really snowy, and he went there and he got stuck. I think he's the earliest. But then there's some, um, 
that were quite recent. I think the girl that fell out of the plane, I think that was relatively recent. Or maybe that was the 70s. Mm. But there's some, yeah, and they're, they're really good. Like, they really, like, I've got so many really good survival, like, yeah. top tips now. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, like, horrible stories. I've got awful anecdotes that I tell people, like, um, yeah, I won't tell too many, but just, like, what to do if, you're, if you've got a maggot-infected wound. I know some top tips <laughs> for doing that. Like, what to take with you on the trek to make sure Brilliant. that you don't... You know, end up dying. That's brilliant. But yeah, it's really it was it was a really good project. <laughs> I basically, just got to draw loads of mountains and trees and snow and. And what so what it, I mean, I was trying to work out if there was a demographic for this. Was it aimed at a certain age group? I think it's like I was never told what it was, but I think it's like looking at the reviews now and who who it's like categorised for. I think it's like 10, 11 year olds. Yeah. Um, I know some people who've got like ten year old kids, and they said it's going down really well with them. That's the way that I read it because the style was. Um, I mean, it straddled the border for me. It looked like you know, it could mm. easily have been an adult book, but also it's got a, it's got a very colourful, very vibrant yeah. um, aesthetic to it, which which could easily sit in a sort of young teen. Yeah, it's bracket. really nice to read as well. It just yeah, it's really nicely kind of simple. Yeah. Simply written. Um, how, how was, did you did you have much? It was David Long who wrote David it. David Long, yeah. I just got sent the script um, to read over I think last Christmas um, when I was actually I was on holiday in in a ski resort, so we were doing a lot of like hiking through the mountains and I'd been spending the evenings reading these stories of like people lost and stranded on mountains and like I shouldn't have read it because like, the whole time I was like guys are you sure we should be going down here and like this all the stories start off like there were five people and yeah. then oh those three died and that one <laughs> opening like no 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 life series. yeah it did feel like that it just felt like when you all get like no 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 but all was not as it seemed yeah I shouldn't yeah I should have picked my holiday reads a bit better so you're into snowboarding. I saw this on your blog. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did that, I'm always interested in the link up between people's personal passions and what they ultimately like to create and 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 sort of lead with. Did that was that exciting for you as someone who must have a taste for adventure with that sort? Yeah, of... definitely. Like I love I love drawing snowy winter scenes, um, and I find that stuff so inspiring. And like yeah, landscapes and the mm. outside and things like that. Yeah. yeah. And so I really enjoyed like I. Um, yeah, I've been snowboarding for since I was about fifteen, and then I went and did a season before I did my um, my illustration masters. And the idea was, I, I became a snowboard instructor, and the idea was that like I'd become a snowboard instructor, I'd go back, I'd get my masters, and then I could live in the mountains and be a snowboard instructor and an illustrator, <laughs> <laughs> and live this wonderful lifestyle where I just draw mountains and trees, and people would pay me to do it. It's entirely possible. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, it's true. I know. I, I should. I could, well, I could still go back there, but then I kind of got stuck and yeah. found a husband and <laughs> all that stuff. So. Have you got a favourite story from the book? I mean, they've got what crashing planes, sinking ships, so yeah, giant um, snakes. I spotted in there. I don't know. There's um, there's one where a lady gets uh, she goes. I think she's sailing around the world. I don't know if it's a favourite. I quite like it. She um she's sailing around the world and her I think her fiance falls overboard in a storm, and she and then she just she's like oh no what am I gonna do and like a mast breaks so she just gives up and it's just like oh, I'll just die I just I'll wait here and die and then like a couple of days later she's like um oh I'm not dead <laughs> I've got to try and get this this boat back oh, wow. this, in the middle of the Atlantic or whatever so she like rigs up her own sail. Um, and then like there's a hurricane coming, so then just say, like single handedly sails this 
broken boat back to safety. <laughs> and I quite like that story because I like that she just was like, oh no, I can't do this. I'll just die. And then changed her mind at the last minute. Decides <laughs> to live. There were two things that stood out from the book for me in, in, in relation to your work in particular. I thought your use of colour was very strong. Um, but for me, the compositions were knockout. I thought... Um, oh, thanks. The, like the dynamism that, that you created from those which obviously would have been a, a crux to this being a successful yeah. project given the nature of these stories how did you start set about the million was it a thumbnail process or did you did you sort of immediately have a, a loose vision in your mind um yeah i think i think with each story i was instantly just wanted to start thinking and stuff um and so i just I did. I dug, my sketching is, is so like crude and small and rubbish, and I, I just did like a few of those just to get down like base basic ideas, and then I just go straight to Illustrator and kind of play around mm. with stuff. So, um, and then with these stories as well, it's, I felt it's particularly important, like scale wise, because the people were so vulnerable and the environments were so like um, overwhelming that I I come up with an idea and then maybe like shrink them or you know, blow up something else and until I kind of got the balance right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I did, I just, I did come up with a few kind of rough drawings for each one, but I mainly, I mainly just go, I'm very impatient. I'm just like, I can visualise this better on Illustrator, so I just go yeah. straight there and just sketch it out on that. Yeah, because the thing with that thing is, it is very filmic and what you're trying to do, isn't it? It's almost a still from a, you know, action is what you're trying to get in there. Yeah. So it's almost, I mean, I, I had Ray Richardson on the show, I don't know if you know his work, but he's a painter. And his work is very filmic. I mean, each mm. composition looks like it's like I want to I want to press play. I want, I want to know yeah, more. Yeah, what happens There's next. action going on there. Yeah, yeah. and I, I felt the same about your stuff. I think that yeah, I wanted that kind of just like capture a moment in time. And often I like if I work out like what what's happening in that scene, and then I think about it, looking at it from like a different angle, um, and what angle makes that person look more vulnerable, and what mm. makes them look isolated, and what makes the you know outside world look more intimidating. Yeah. Um, and I didn't use, like, I tried to avoid showing their faces and their expressions too much as well, because I thought, you know, that the story itself is pretty dramatic, the, the drawing is dramatic enough, you don't need to see yeah. someone's, like, terrified face yeah. to know You can oversell the story, can't you? Yeah. You can, at least then it allows the, the reader to, to work with it a little more and kind of imagine what's going on in the face of Yeah, and I don't want to ruin it by them being like, well, she didn't look like that. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, I wanted, the, I wanted the, the situation to speak louder than the... Loud in the character. Yeah, sure. Did you um? Do you work digitally? Yeah. Yeah. So always. I, yeah, yeah. I I draw everything in Illustrator and then put it in Photoshop and like. Yeah, it's a very interesting transition from from fine art <laughs> beginning, isn't it? Um, do you um? It, what I really liked about it is that you offer, you see a lot of digital some digital working with it that that can be quite sterile if it's not done right. Mm. But your stuff was like the antithesis of that to me. It it shows just how enriching it can be. It's just amazing how far it's come with technology now that you, yeah. you can create that level of organic feel with digital tools. Um, are you, are you, are you wanna, is that how you see yourself staying digital? Are you very happy with that? Yeah, I think so. I like. I quite like that it's not obvious how I've made it. Like A lot of people say, like, oh, is, that, is it all done on Photoshop or is it all hand-drawn? I quite like that it's not clear what I've done. Mm. Um, and my process is very much, it's, everything's vector-drawn. And then I moved to Photoshop and I had hand-drawn textures and um, uh, I often hand-draw over the top and stuff as well. That's cool. Um, with like lines and, and stuff like that. So it, it's not, I don't think it's, like it does use a bit of both 
often like I do a lot of maps as well and they would just be vector work um but with stuff like the survivors that's more mm. I like to combine the two but yeah I, I do still do a bit of sketching but I just I just don't have as much patience for it anymore now I now I do most of the stuff digital I'm just like you can change the colours and you can move things around. Oh, that's the thing, isn't it? It's what works for you at yeah. the end of the day. And if it's fast and it's achieving a, a more readable result, then... Yeah, you know. and I really yeah, I really enjoy it. I think I do like the slow process of painting, and I think I will go back to that at some point. Yeah. But right now, I still... There's so much... I want to get so much better at digital, yeah. and there's still so much I want to do that I haven't exhausted that yet. Oh, yeah, you'll struggle. <laughs> yeah. New technologies all the time. I mean, I, I yeah. can keep up with that. <laughs> What it did remind me of a little bit, have you ever seen the old uh, Russian sort of children's book block prints from, I don't even know oh, what yeah, area they're think, from. Yeah, I think you know what you mean, yeah. They're very, too, sort of, they had a very similar feel. They're quite snowy, I mean. snowy trees. Yeah that's, yeah. yeah, that's right, yeah. It just, it, a little connection went off there somewhere. I think I've seen them in Magma, they saw prints of them. Yeah, 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 I've got one of those prints, yeah. They're gorgeous, <laughs> yeah. aren't they? Yeah. They're really nice. <laughs> so, do you, do you want to do mine in publishing? Is that... Uh, uh, yeah, I... I had another book out um, just before Christmas as well. Um, it was called Coming Home, and that was the Michael Moore Pergo book. Oh. And that was a, and so this year is the first time I've had books out, and that was, yeah, amazing. Right from the beginning of the year to the different, like, I'd never had a book published, and then by the end I had two, and it was really exciting, yeah. So hopefully I've now kind of opened that door, and yeah, yeah I've got lots of ideas for new ones, and that definitely something I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know how to break into that world it seemed like quite an intimidating world from doing kind of advertising editorial stuff I just had no idea how you get into it and luckily it kind of mm. it came to me so yeah <laughs> similar thing happened actually yeah for me it was, it was the same thing I always wanted to but like my stuff was set up very well for it and then yeah. one thing kind of tipped me in and before I knew it, it was two or three and it's, it's quite interesting how that happens yeah it just seems like it just seems such a distant world and just really cliquey and everyone Everyone that was in it knew how to be in it, and it just didn't seem an easy crossover. But now I've done it. Yeah. Don't know what I was worried about. It's fine. Did you do the same thing as me and like creep into Waterstone and look <laughs> yeah, at the picture on the shelf? Yeah. <laughs> Move it to the front. <laughs> we count up those little places. What can we have? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and the map stuff. So when did you, was that? Whatever sort of rolled into freelancing was that an early thing or is that? Um. Yeah, I think. Maybe a few years in, uh, there was just I just saw a few map illustrations and thought, I could do that. And then I just did a, a self-initiated one of my village where I lived, and then I got from that got a, a magazine um, editorial, and then then it just kept growing. And it's just I mean I probably get about fifty percent of my work from maps now, mm. so I'm, I'm really glad I did it because yeah, it's really yeah I really I do really enjoy it, um, but it's been really like a really good way of earning a living yeah. <laughs> basically maps I don't yeah. think I would have survived if I hadn't done them well they're quite a popular thing aren't they illustrated mm. maps and they always look great and um, is it competitive it's right that's a, I think uh, it feels like it is getting more competitive yeah I used to be quite high on the Google search results and now I've slipped down oh really <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think there's more there's more map illustrators out there now but a few years ago yeah, I was, I was I think I was quite highly Googled but now <laughs> if you search map illustration I think I've slipped um, but no, it's really yeah. I really enjoy the mix of both styles as well. Yeah. Um, I think I'd I'd get bored if one hundred percent of my work was just maps, and I think I'd probably kind of get a bit frustrated if it was just books or just mm. kind of more illustrate more illustration. But um, 
I think variation is important to a lot, for a lot of yeah, creative definitely. people, isn't it? Uh, or at least knowing that you're not just doing that and that's it. Yeah. Not that that's a bad thing. A lot of people do that and are very happy doing that. Yeah. But I think a lot of them get quite yeah, itchy feet. And it's hard to push the maps as well. I do. I keep trying to think of ways to to kind of keep me interested in them, but I think it's harder to to develop to develop that style and to develop what I do with them than it is with the other side of my work. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to do maybe like a bit of animation with them and things now as well, um, but it still feels it's a, yeah a bit harder to to push it. Mm. Yeah. So since we talked teaching and, and we've talked survival, have you got any survival tips for new <laughs> up and coming people? <laughs> say, Hang on in there. <laughs> um, and if you're walking through a river, take your shoes off <laughs> because. I mean, that's if you're in a jungle and if you're in a jungle, take your shoes off um, and walk through the river because you're less likely to tread on something that will sting you in the water than you are in the jungle. I um, forgot I should have said that. I was thinking about freelance survival oh, tech. Okay. But that's brilliant. but that's even better. Well if you're in the jungle and you need to survive. Freelance survival tips would be um, That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, just don't I don't know, just hang in there. Yeah. I don't know, it's hard isn't it? Because it gets yeah. really demoralising and you want to give up. Yeah. Um, that happened a lot to me and it's just, you just have to wait and everything will come together. I think and, it does. Yeah. I just think it, I don't think there's any way around that. It's quite tough, which is why a lot of people do bail early, but it's like, if you, if you really care and you're open to seeing the opportunities, then... If you can, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can get a job while you wait <laughs> yeah. and kind of keep, keep working at it, but I found it's amazing how much stuff like this kind of seeds that I sowed in the first few years, it didn't take, it took a couple of years for those to come through. And I was disappointed at the time. I was like, why is nothing happening? And you could wait a year or two years and and those things wouldn't, you know, it looked like your efforts haven't paid off. And then in two years time, you're like, oh, you did listen. <laughs> you do know mm-hmm. I exist. And yeah. those things do come back round, but it does take a long time. And then by that time, you've also got the momentum of everything else that you've done and it does build up. But it doesn't, there's times when you just think, what am I doing? Oh god, yeah. <laughs> a lot order. of the time it feels, even now it feels like sometimes it feels like no one's listening, but like, yeah. it's like you say, it bolt from the blue and it's like, yeah, that's exactly what you said. It's like, oh my god, you did, you did want to use me. And yeah. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth waiting for if you want it. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on now? Anything exciting in the pipeline? Um, well, I've got a baby ah, <laughs> coming congrats. up congrats. soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is probably, I've got to deal with that. Um, <laughs> And then there's a few books as well, book ideas I'm working on. I'm going to pitch those. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know, really. It's yeah. going to be a busy year. Nice. Yeah. Oh, big change, big done. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, been, it's come up on quite a few shows, actually. Uh, Freelance Mothers. Oh, really? Yeah, it's quite yeah. Uh, always a really interesting sort of, yeah, stories of, of how people have used it. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's terrifying. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not... I'm, yeah, I'm planning on kind of having a bit of time off, but it's still, like, uh, yeah, still feel like I want to go back to work at the moment from from this side of it. Like, I've spent so long building my career up, and yeah. it's kind of like my baby, that the yeah. idea of just dropping it for however long is yeah. terrifying. So, <laughs> I don't know if it's naive, but at the moment I'm like, oh, I'll just have a month off. Yeah. And then I'll, <laughs> and then I'll we want to do some more drawing. And at the moment that's how I feel, but I don't know. I guess the good thing about what you do is that it, there is some degree of flexibility about moulding it around. Yeah, definitely. Something else. Yeah, um, yeah. I can work from home, and yeah, my husband's um, taking 
shared parental leave so he can look after the baby and I'll carry on drawing. Brilliant, <laughs> that's, love that. That's my plan. <laughs> I don't know. Well, good luck. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Exciting times. Hopefully that's that'll work <laughs> perfectly. A lot of people think I'm being very naive, but anyway, we'll see how it goes. Right, well, if you listen to a few of the shows, you probably know that I'm going to ambush you with the Shack in the Tank section now when I ask people for a love and a hate very loosely themed within the creative industry oh, to put it wide open. Okay, <laughs> something... Oh, there was something this week, actually, that made me really annoyed. I don't know what it was. Um, I hate it when people put CMYK images on Twitter of your work. That's <laughs> a brilliant one, yes! Um, it's... The worst. Isn't that horrible? It's like technical and nastiness, yeah. isn't it? Especially, yeah, and the, it's really annoying. <laughs> and also, I get it sometimes um, with people using draft, because I do my drafts are all digital, so I do them on Illustrator, and sometimes they end up, like, because you share a thing and they end up, so on one of the, on the survivors, on, I can't remember, I think it might even be Waterstones, two of the illustrations on the front cover are the final, but one of them is the draft. And so the the image isn't, it's oh. not the final image, it's not the one that's on the front of the book. And it just, every time I see it, it just makes me cringe. Um, and I, yeah, those kind of things. Using drafts when they're not final images <laughs> and putting CMYK images on Twitter or online <laughs> makes me really angry. I get that, I understand. I think <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Um, <laughs> what do I love? Turquoise, you know that turquoise? I'm part of the turquoise, yeah. Which which makes that. the CMYK thing more annoying, because I use it <laughs> and yeah. it doesn't work with. Yeah, it comes out badly yeah. when, you, when you don't have RGB. Right? I'm the, I don't know what that's about, but I do the same thing. I go straight to uh, it's one of my base colours. Yeah. You know, if you're starting out and you don't really have a theme, and it's like okay, I'm just plant turquoise. Some turquoise down. Yeah, 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 definitely. We'll build yeah. on that. <laughs> I'll always start turquoise when things come. <laughs> I don't you know if you orange. heard the episode, but it's worth listening to the one with Justine Fox, who's a colour th- uh, colour psychologist. Oh really? Yeah, it's really interesting. What does what's turquoise mean? Well, she said that blues are, are generally quite creative and um, quite. Uh, I'm going to badly paraphrase it, but it's she's good and like some really interesting stories about like why Facebook is blue and things like that. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it, it yeah, it soon, soon as someone told me about, it, I was like, you have to put me in touch. So I, like, <laughs> I want that guest. <laughs> Did she say what her favourite colour was? No, actually, I missed the boat there. She didn't, but I'll, I'll find out. Yeah, it's really because uh, I, I read Blink by Mark, Mark and Gladwell, mm. and there's a whole section there about subliminal uh, interpretation and advertisements. It talks about how Seven Up uh, put the tiniest slither of yellow on a new can and did like a taste test thing with a hundred people. Ninety nine people came back and said it tasted more citrusy than the old one, and really? there was no difference whatsoever. Wow! And that was just subliminal because of the tiny bit of yellow. <laughs> that's, just, that's, and that's quite scary. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, so where, where can people check out your work? Um, on my website, uh, kerryheinman.com, and then Twitter and Instagram are both Kerry Heinemann. Um, Superb. Well, thanks for your time, Kerry. Thank you very much. So once again, congratulations to Kerry Heinemann for her win, the Blue Peter Book Awards 2017, a very worthy winner. Um, superb book you must go and have a look at it go and check it out in your local bookshop uh go and support your independence and grab a copy because it's beautiful and it's really forward thinking really striking amazing storytelling perfectly illustrated by kerry Hyman. what a great thing to win right go and check it out get entering them awards like i said the weather this this time was about the bile that we feel and spew when we don't get shortlisted or whatever in these awards but you've got to keep trying it's um you know the numbers are heavily weighted in in you will. You probably won't 
get there. But on the time that you do, it makes it all worthwhile, as Kerry, I'm sure, will testify to. So, like I said, we've got some great shows coming up. Uh, we've got Stanley Chow coming up soon. We've got Sandra Dinkman returning to the show. It's all going on. We've got a brilliant one with Dixon Baxi, creative agency who helped uh, do part of the brand new striking visual identity for the Premier League. Uh, they worked with Design Studio to bring that work to life uh, in a lot of motion graphics and video stuff. So we've got that conversation coming up. It's all going on. I want your suggestions. Who do you want to hear from on the show? Should you be on the show? And if so, why? Get in touch. Tell me that. And maybe turn out that you're on the show. Go back and check out the back catalogue as, as ever. Well, you know, we're up to 60 episodes now, which is pretty amazing. And the, and the following's growing all the time. So please do spread the word. Very passionate about creativity. And my long-term goal is to create an inspiring archive of conversation with inspiring people who can hopefully motivate you and give you ideas through their own experiences. So thanks as ever for listening. Thanks for spreading the word. Hit me up on Twitter at TheRestSolarMix. You can subscribe on iTunes. Please go and drop me a review if you get the moment, if you're a regular listener. It takes a couple of minutes, but it means a lot, and it really helps to endorse what I'm trying to do. Thanks again to the sponsors, illustrationweb.com, printed.com, heartinternet.co.uk, all doing brilliant things in print, tech, and visual communication. Thanks again, guys, for checking in, and I'll see you very soon.